Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. My goodness, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. I want to go ahead and make a declaration right now, right at the beginning. God's going to do something for somebody here today. And I don't mean that in the generic. I believe God today has shown up into this place to do a supernatural transformation in someone's life. I, I, I am telling you, I've looked over it, Brother Cecil, more than one time during this service so far and said, God has shown up in this place. When God shows up like he has shown up today, you might say, well, I'm not feeling it. Well, I just want to tell you, you don't have to feel it, but I do want you to accept it. I want you to get ready. In fact, right now, I want you to just pray a prayer with me. Lord, whatever you want to do through me and to me, I'm yours. Joshua chapter 14. And I have Joshua 14, 12b. It's a long verse of scripture, but the main part of it is what I wanted in this last part of the scripture. And it simply, if so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I'm preaching today on the subject, it may be. It may be that today is your day. It may be that this hour is your hour. It may be that this minute is your minute. So why not take advantage of it? Father God, let your blessings flow. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. When Julia was a little girl, she wanted definitive answers when she would come to me or when she would come to Jackie. When she would go to Jackie, Jackie would say, possibly. And Julia, as a little girl, would say, Mama, I don't want to hear possibly. And so it became a family joke. When she would come, we'd go, possibly. She'd come with a question, we'd go, possibly. And almost every time, it would frustrate the fire out of her. I don't want to hear possibly. I want to hear that you say yes. I wish someone would get that way today and say, God, I don't want to hear possibly. I want to hear that today is my day. Now is my hour. This is my time. Now, this is a really cool story 
Now you've already heard the scripture in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Holy Spirit's been moving and guiding the services and the, or the service and the songs all throughout. And here we are right now at this particular point. And I want you to understand that God has something in store. Now, Caleb is the main character of this story. So I want to give you a little background about Caleb. We often talk about Joshua and don't have any problem talking about him because, you know, he led Israel and, and, and all the great things Joshua did. But Caleb was quite a man also. Caleb was a great guy. And Caleb was part of the 12 spies that went out. They were all commissioned to go and spy out the land of Egypt. Pardon me, the land of Canaan. And they had come out of the land of Egypt. And Joshua was, uh, and Caleb were part of these 12 that went out. So I want you to see now that out of all of Israel, Caleb is in the top 12. We trust you, Caleb. We trust you to go and give a good report. Now, Caleb had already seen the junk. Some of you all week long, maybe all month long, maybe all year long, maybe all decade long has seen the junk. Some of it you didn't ask for. Some of it you didn't do anything to deserve it. But you saw the junk. Caleb was one of those. He was born as an Israelite and became a slave. That's junk. He was born an Israelite and he knew as a young boy what he was going to be growing up. I'm going to be a slave. I'm going to be beaten if I don't do what the Egyptians tell me to do. I'm going to work from early morning to late at night for very little. And I'm not going to have anything all my life because that is the junk I was born into. Some of you were born into junk. I'm not trying to trash your mama or your daddy, but they didn't do right. And you had to pay some of the price for it. Some of you, listen to me now, don't get mad at me, but you're following the footsteps of junk and that's what you're giving your children is junk. And when your grandchildren visit, they get junk. And you don't have to stay in the junk. We're not in Egypt. We're not back in that day. We're in a new day. And there is something on, in store for us. Now listen to this. They were commissioned to go and give a report. So there are different types of reports. There's a truthful report. 
a truthful report is the simplest of all. Just go look and come back and tell what it is. There's also reports that are tainted reports. Do you know what I mean by that? The tainted reports are reports that have been influenced by your past or influenced by your present. Hear what I'm saying. If you've had a bad life to this point, you're probably not going to be looking and say, I've got a bright future ahead of me. Because you're going to report from what you've experienced. And most people, that's all they can do is stay in the past and, and it's not gonna get any better because that's my past. I'm in Egypt, that's what it's got to be. I've messed up, I've messed up my life, I've messed up my marriage, I've messed up my family, and it's got to stay that way because I don't deserve any better. I wanna tell you that part is a truthful statement. You, nor I, nor any human being deserve anything good. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags, but there is something that is thrown into the equation called grace and mercy that brings us from unworthiness to worthiness, amen. So uh, if you're not careful, your report will always be gloom and doom, negatives. You'll always find the dark cloud in the silver lining. You'll always find something wrong. It can't be good for me because I don't deserve it. And then there's a report, that tainted report is based off of influence of others. There's sometimes you quit thinking for yourself. So, and, and let's just get into our modern day. You have to be careful what you watch on television. You do. I, look, I like television. But if you're not careful, they will do the thinking for you. That they will make you feel that you are in the minority when you're not in the minority. They will make you feel like that you're not as beautiful as you are because you're not wearing their lipstick or their, their eyeshadow or you're not brushing your teeth with their toothpaste. You're, you're just not all that. And, and if you don't have the right label on your clothes, you're just not what you ought to be. And so we get influenced by the crowd. And I just want to tell you, the crowd can mess you up. There was a crowd that to an innocent person said, crucify him, crucify him. And guess what? They killed Jesus because people went with the crowd. It's hard to go against the crowd. There's a, a second part of that, which is uh, Paul and Silas, they went to a place 
And they performed a miracle and the people were getting ready to worship them. And Paul said, whoa, whoa, don't do that. We're just men like you are. And, and, and so whatever you do, don't worship us. In just a short time, they stoned Paul and thought he was dead and drug him outside the city for him to rot. They were worshiping him one moment and stoning him to death or trying to kill him the next moment. The crowd can lie to you. The crowd can be wrong. And so if we're giving a report and, and, and someone, it was funny on Facebook, someone said, do you ever talk to yourself? And a lot of people responded, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did. And I said, I do. And I do too. <laughs> Sometimes if we're not careful, we will talk to ourselves negative. We talk to ourselves because we've been influenced by negativity. We've been influenced by the crowd. And, and if, if we're not careful, our report back to ourself will be negative. Are you hearing me? You'll look in the mirror, you're ugly. You'll look in the mirror, you're so stupid. Now, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but I am confident today that if I ask for a show of hands, there's numbers of people that have looked yourself in the mirror and at some point, you have spoken negatives over your own self. Now, I don't wanna get bogged down there because the actual report by the 12 in Numbers chapter 13, at verse 27, the Bible says, they, and they came back, they started with a positive report. They came back with a positive report. Basically, the land that we were sent out to go and spy, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Wow, boy, can you imagine the people going, all right, high fives, glory to God, it's for real. God has brought us to the place. We're not gonna be slaves anymore. Man, we're going to have it made. And then they threw in a butt. How many of you hate to hear but? Yeah, you don't like that one. And right after they threw the big one out, here they come back with but. They say, nevertheless. Now, that word itself doesn't lend itself to being good. Never and less. I don't want never and I don't want less. I don't want possibly, as Julia would say, I don't want possibly. I don't want nevertheless. Nevertheless, and here's, a, the, here's the rest of their story. The people that we saw are strong. In other words, they were saying we are weaker than they are. The cities are walled. 
and, and they had just come through the Jordan River. God let the river stand up and they went over on dry ground and they're worried about a wall. Some of you are worried about a wall and, and I just, there's a song that's been going through my mind this week and it goes, I know my God can do it. To him there's nothing to it. I know he'll see me through it. Sweet victory. I don't care if it's a wall, if it's a river, if it's a Red Sea, no matter what it is, you and I have a God on our side that's able to bring us through it. Amen. So listen, they said the, the, the children of Anak are there. Now, in other words, there's giants. So they're strong, they've got walled cities, they're giants, and, it, and then they start listing out the Amalekites, and those were the descendants of Esau, the Hittites, the word Hittite means terror or fear. The Jebusites, a place trodden down. Uh, the, the Amorites, th those are mountain men. These aren't just big old boys, these are mountain men. And the Canaanites, and those are sea dwellers or, or merch merchant men, and, and those are what we're gonna have to go up against and we're not able to do it. And they finished it off by saying, well, let me, let me, let me go back. Caleb, he hushed the people. Hey, 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 calm down. And he said, let us go up at once and possess it for we will be able to overcome it. And they threw in, but we are not able. They are stronger than us. It's that simple. Now that right there, it, when, when, I, when I think of it, I think when I was a, a child on the playground and we'd get into arguments. I can do this, no you can't, yes I can, no you can't. Have you ever had one of those? Here's a stick, knock it off my shoulder. They knock it off the shoulder, well, here's a line. And they'd walk over the line, next thing you do, take off running because they mean business. The reality is, Caleb was trying to get the people to be quiet and listen, but listen to what the people finally said in verse 33. We are, everyone say we. We are in our own sight as grasshoppers. They didn't call us grasshoppers. We're not grasshoppers, but in our own sight, we are grasshoppers. Do you understand that in your own sight, it's important how you look at yourself? Other people might not look at you and know the depth of you. Other people might look at you and not know the battle scars that has made you strong. Other people may look on the outside and not know how much fortitude you really have. But if you're not careful, you'll let the crowd talk for you. And 
they said, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And, and, and listen to this. And so we were in their eyes. Okay. We're nothing. Have you ever gone to prayer like that? The devil's been beating up your family. The devil's been beating you up. And you go into the... Dear Lord, I hope the devil don't hear me. But boy, he's been beating me up real bad. And, and, and I just have a feeling if I could dance... I would show you what I thought a devil would do when you approach God like that. The devil's probably doing some crazy dance, probably flossing. Don't y'all think? He's going, I got that one. They're not going to let God help them. They're not going to let God reach down and and change them because in their own eyes, they're nothing. I've got that one beat up. I've got that one beat down and they're going to stay there. Listen, look here. You have to get a higher opinion of yourself. <laughs> Brother Cecil, stand up if you don't mind. Now, I, I, I'm just telling you, in his own... Cecil Browder, he might be dressed up today and all cleaned up. But, but if you could have seen him before God got hold of him, he was a low-down, stinking, no-good piece of dirt. Don't talk about Brother Cecil like that. That's what he was. Guess what? Before God got a hold of me, I was a low-down, stinking, no-good piece of dirt. But then God took the blood of his son and covered Amen. Cecil. That's right. That's right. So you would be doing a disgrace to the blood of Jesus Christ to be saying, I'm a low down, no good piece of dirt. Because you're no longer that. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's right, amen. So what I see here is a man that in the sight of God is someone special, someone anointed, someone that God thought enough to put the blood of his son on. And if you've invited Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, you're not a low down piece of dirt anymore, but you're a mighty child of the most high God. I'm going to have to really hurry here, but please listen to this. Listen to this. Let us return to Egypt, the people said. In other words, we're going back. We'd rather get beat on. We'd rather have nothing. We'd rather get back into that same junk than to try to go forward. God had just opened up the Red Sea. God did all of that, and here they are. Listen, God has given them this mighty victory, but let's go back to slavery. Let's go back to having nothing. Let's go back. They were on the brink 
of a blessing, the, the brink of the best days of their life. The, the, they were right on the edge, but they looked back rather than looked forward. Come on. Your marriage doesn't have to end. Your family doesn't have to be in disarray. Your mind doesn't have to be confused. Your sleep doesn't have to be deprived. Come on, you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has never yet been told. It doesn't have to be like it is right now. It can get better. Because they have seen uh, God got ticked off and so he said, look here, Everybody that has gone along with that, they're not going to get into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. Those are the only two men. They've been whining, complaining. They've been lying, and I'm not going to let them inherit. So now let's fast forward 45 years. 45 years. God had told through Moses, and Caleb had, had declared, we are able to take the land. Now here, here it comes. 45 years later, so I'm not great in math, but I know enough to say he was 40 years old when, when he was a spy, 45 years have passed, so now we got an 85 year old man walking up to, to Joshua, and here's what he says. He makes his case and demands his inheritance. This is what he says. You know the thing the Lord said concerning you and me. If God said it, you can count on it. 45 year promise. Yeah, but I want God to answer just like that. I, I prayed and God didn't answer me and, and, and in my time frame and so it didn't happen. That's a, that's a bunch of malarkey. That's a lie from the devil. Walk in God's timing, not your timing. Your timing isn't good. Your timing isn't right. Your timing isn't accurate. But God has a timing. And, and Caleb said, I know God promised it. So for 45 years, he's holding on to this promise. Now, I don't believe there's a person here today that's going to have to hold on to a promise for 45 years. I believe today God has shown up to give you your blessing today. I really believe that. I honestly believe that. But listen, he held on to it for 45 years. And he said, it was 40, I was 40 years old when uh, we went to spy out and they brought an evil report, but I didn't. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, you listen to me. If you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. There's a lot of folks that want to blame God for not getting a blessing when the problem isn't even the devil. The, the problem is you and me. Because we don't wholly follow the Lord. We live like we want to live. We live on the edge. We live near sin. We keep dabbling in the same junk that has brought us down. And then when bad things come, we want God to bail us out. Come on. Caleb said, I followed God wholly. I, I, I did what he told me to do, and I'm holding on to this promise. Now, you might say, well, preacher, 
who you just hit me between the eyes because I'm not living like I need to live. I'm not living where I need to live. My life has been messed up. I've made all kinds of mistakes. That's your past. I've already dealt with that. Get into the present and start looking to the future and say, I might have messed up, but I'm not going to mess up anymore. I'm going to wholly follow the Lord because I believe that God is going to bring me through. Now listen, here's what happened. Uh, the Lord has kept me alive 45 years. And now Caleb is feeling his oats. I want you to see this 45-year-old man. He has bowed up now. And, and, and listen to what he says. I am as strong today, this day, as I was the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. Listen to this. Here's the nugget in this verse. As my strength was then, so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come back. Do you know what to come back meant? He had to be victorious to come back. Caleb was saying, all I'm wanting is permission for you to give me that mountain. Because when you give me that mountain, I'm going out. I'm going out with a promise, a 45-year-old promise that God is going to give me what he told me he would give me. Somebody needs to hear what I am preaching today. You've been holding on to the promise. You've been holding on by faith. You've been believing that God is going to work it out. Well, today is your day for God to work it out. Can somebody believe God with me here today? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So he states his claim and he says, give me this mountain. I'm just about through. He wasn't just asking for any mountain. He was asking for the worst mountain. Not that the mountain itself was bad, but the mountain was full of giants. I mean, in another portion, it names three of the giants that he defeated. He wasn't asking for, give me a cool place by the stream and, and that'd be good. He said, no, give me that mountain. That's the one I wanted. And, and the, my, those giants have occupied my property too long. <laughs> it's mine. God gave it to me. And I'm going to get it back. God told me. I put my eyes on it. I put my heart on it. And I'm not going to give it up. God help me right now. Someone needs to hear me. You put your heart on it. You put your, your mind on it. You, you prayed about it. Don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you it, they're too big. They're too strong. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. Oh, no, we're not. I'm going to get what God has for me this hour, this minute, right now. Just give me 
the mountain. Come on, someone praise God. Praise God. I know this is crazy. Preacher, you've been watching too much TV. This doesn't have anything about TV. Get your wallet out. Get your wallet. Get your checkbook out. Come on. Go ahead. Come on. Do it right now. What you want me to get my wallet out? We have another offering. Oh, my goodness. We were having good church. And now you're talking about offering. That's all you ever want. Keep your wallet closed. I didn't ask you to open it. Just get your wallet out. Someone's getting ready to get a financial breakthrough. Right here this morning. Oh, preacher, I don't believe in all that junk. Well, then put your wallet back in your pocket or in your pocketbook and keep struggling. But I believe today God's going to give someone a mountain victory over your financial problems. It's not going to stop here, but this is where I feel right now, right now. Come on. Well, if I hold my wallet up, people are going to think I don't have all the money that I act like I have. I used to be in a finance business. Had a man that was worth $6 million on paper. He showed me his buildings, his property. He was upside down. Yeah, he was. When he left the office, I told my coworker, I said, hey, let's go get a hamburger. I'm richer than that man. Not on paper, but I was able to go pay for a hamburger. He didn't even have money for a hamburger. Sometimes we get upside down. Hold up your wallet right now, Father. I don't even know why you're asking me to do this, but I'm just doing it in obedience right now. Dear Lord, there's some people that can't sleep at night. Some people who feel like that their, their life is so messed up because their finances, they're living from week to week, month to month. It's just not working. And they have prayed. They've been seeking you now, dear Lord. I pray that you would work it out for them according to your riches and glory. I pray, dear God, that you would bring them victories financially. I pray, dear God, that they would be blessed so much that they'll be able to bless you bless your work, bless others, bless their family, that they can be a blessing through the world because of your blessing on them. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm not telling you how to do it. I don't know how to do it other than to say, Lord, here it is. We bring this mountain to you right now. <laughs> Lord, let the giants fall before us. Work it out, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I'll be careful to give you the praise when you work it out. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now you can put your wallets up. I, I want to end with this. Everyone go ahead and stand with me. What mountains are you claiming today? What walls do you need to come down today? What tempests do you need Jesus to say, peace be still? Oh God, help me right now. If I could ask you to take your mind out and hold it up, I'd ask you to do that right now. Because there's some good men and there's some good women 
there's some good young people that you're tormented. You can't get your victory because your mind is in such chaos. But today, today God wants to steal the, 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 the unrest in your mind. I'm speaking to someone right now very, you'll know because the Holy Spirit's going to direct it to your heart when I say it. But there's someone right here that you won't get your blessing today if you keep the attitude you have right now. The attitude of pride, you know what I have preached is for you, that there is no way you're going to come to the altar with your present pride and with your present attitude. You'd rather stay and go right back into your bondage. You'd rather stay in this mess, go right back to Egypt, than to swallow your pride and say, I need help. And I rebuke pride. And I rebuke the spirit that would try to bring you back into that when God has you on the brink of a breakthrough right here. It may be that this, the 23rd day of June, is your day that you'll look back on the rest of your life and say, I grabbed hold to my miracle. Got it. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I, I, I'm, this is what I'm going to do to be quick. I want every person, I, I want my prayer team to come first. Prayer team, hurry and get on up here if you don't mind. Come quickly. I believe this is someone's hour of restoration. I believe this is someone's hour of mental renewal. I believe this is someone's hour of healing. I believe this is someone's hour of breakthrough. I want everyone, if you would, I was going to single out different situations, but I'm just asking everybody, make a move to this altar. Everybody, come on. Would you come quickly? Come on, come rapidly. Come on, come quickly. Come, come. Come on, squeeze in just as close as you can. Come on. While the Holy Spirit is moving, I, I, want, I want you to move quickly. Come on. Crowd in. Verse 15 of this chapter is probably the most forgotten, one of the most forgotten verses in all the Bible, and it's one of the most important ones. And I, I, I need to ask you to please zero in on this. Come on, keep moving in. Move in close. Move in quickly. Verse 15 says, in the name of Hebron before was Kerjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakins. Arba was a 
great man among the kings, pardon me, among the giants. But listen to this last line. And the land had rest from war. In other words, there was a new great man in town. Arba was the great man until Caleb arrived. And Caleb arrived and said, there's a new sheriff in town. You got to go, boy. You got to get out of here. You cramping my style. This is it in closing. Listen, Caleb was saying, you've got to go because I've got plans for my own but I've got plans for my children. I've got plans for my grandchildren. I've got plans for my generations to come. There's a new great man in town. Somebody hear me. Today is your day. There is a new great man and a new great woman in town and it's you. It's you. I've never been called great. I just did it. You're great. And it's going to be even greater. Because from this day, I want you to start looking for the blessings of the Lord. I want you to start seeing giants running from you. I want you to see your mountain dwelling place. God help me. Invoke his name. Proverbs 23 and 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm asking you to invoke his name. You're not going to be able to win on your own. But at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Devil, get out my way. Giant, get out of my way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, if you have to say it a thousand times, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God help me. I am trying to close, but someone has to hear me today. This is burning in my spirit. Some of us are so burdened because our children, our family members aren't right with God. We need to chase some giants out. God didn't deliver you for your family to live in that mess. Today, 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 giants have to fall. If you're not a Christian, I'm going to ask you to say, please, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and chase every giant out that has hindered me. And if you are a Christian, I want you right now, I want you to focus in on what your problem is. We've already prayed for the financial. I don't even want you to bring that back up. You, you believed, and now I believe that's handled. God's going to work it out. But whatever your situation is, I want you right now, I want you to claim your mountain. Give me this mountain. 
Here's the last thing, and then we're going to pray. Caleb came to Joshua and said, Give me this mountain. I'm asking you to come before the Lord Jesus Christ today. Almighty God, and I want you to say, God, give me my mountain. Would you do it today? Think about it, and would you pray right now? Heavenly Father, call out to God. Lift up your voice, would you? Lift up your voice like you mean it. God, give me my mountain. God, give me my mountain. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.